1: You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it.
2: Hey, what's happening? Welcome in to another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Hey. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you, Derek. It is. You know, this is one of those weeks where the week just flies by because there was so much going on, and the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. But at the same point in time, I'm ready for the weekend. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dare dare say something controversial there. But I am ready. I 100% agree with you. Uh, We have a really fun game coming on Saturday. KU taking on Baylor. Pre-game will be at 1.30. Tip-off at 3 o'clock here on KLWN. We have two really fun games tonight, too. City Showdown is going to intercede into the show. 525 will be around when pregame starts for Lawrence High and Free State. The girls' game, boys' game will be after that. Always excited to have those. Uh, I'll be on the call of that with uh, Craig Hershizer. But how about that Baylor game, man? Um, Baylor yeah. beat Kansas in the first meeting. They it did. was the third straight loss for KU. It was the confluence of... All of KU's issues, struggling at points defensively, bad starts to the game. Um, yep. Nobody besides Jalen, and then in that game, Grady did step up, but nobody besides those two players stepping up. Uh, I guess Kevin had a pretty good game. He had like 14, 12, and 5, but he didn't shoot well. And then um, foul troubles to some key players like KJ Adams. The bench not giving you anything. You got two points total from the bench. Yeah. Quick quiz question. Who scored those two points? Zach Clements. Wrong. What? Guess again. I, I, I want to see how many times you get this wrong. <laughs> Joe, wrong. Zoe? wrong.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Keep going.
3: Hold on, look at the box score.
2: No, do not look at the box score. Why not? You have to guess. Wait, That's what, cheating. Where's
3: Kansas? Oh,
2: here we go. That's cheating. Stop. Fine, I'm just going to it no, MJ, MJ Rice. MJ Rice. You're <laughs> such a cheater. That's not cheating. That's not cheating. What? That's not cheating at That's all. It's like the, pulling out the answers to the test on the table and you, the teacher being like, what are you doing? You're like, I just have the answers to the test. They're like, you're cheating. You're like, no. no. it's not no. the answers.
3: It's just, uh,
2: you know, supplemental material oh my to help gosh. with the answer. Supplemental material. That literally says the answer. No. Well, maybe. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I am blown away. I'm blown away. Uh, so, anyway, that, that was the answer there point being, since then, KU has gotten rolling a little bit. Okay. You know, They've won yeah. five or six games. They looked yep. really good offensively executing against Oklahoma State. And the bench has, you know, while not been totally fixed, has found a lot been, more life. It's been good. It's the Undertaker meme. They've come back to I'm just kidding. Um, by the way, do you want a breath, breath I mint? Do, do you want a breath mint? No, I don't oh, want a okay, breath mint. Okay, okay. Thank you very much. I'll throw back to yesterday. Uh, no. So... Pass the the on bench, the bench. <laughs> the bench has figured it out a little bit from where they were. They're better. It feels like the starters around Jalen Wilson have picked it up from when you last played Baylor. And yeah. I think the the one that really comes to mind. Remember that was uh, kind of the end of that little weird stretch for Dewan Harris, where yeah. he was struggling and he, he was making like weird passes, having bad turnovers, things you don't normally see. He's been a lot better since then. Yes, all yeah. those things would. Would lead you to believe Kansas should be in a lot better shape to win this game. And, you know, they're, yes. they're four point favorites on Ken Palm. But still, it's scary because you're taking on a Baylor team that literally has the number one offense in the Big 12 and the number one offense in the country. And, and plus, have, they have a new player from when you last played them. Yeah, and, and you're dealing with some injuries to some of your You friends. are, See, yes. We don't Kevin McCullough, Dawn Harris. no,
3: no, know what those guys are going to look like no. tomorrow as well. And then JTT is, back for Baylor. Yes, yes. JTT back for Baylor. And he seems, he seems like he's just powering up more and more with every game they play, uh, which is uh, which that's a great story, by the way. But in this case, for Kansas, it could be a problem because that gives Baylor extra depth down low, which now, and we've already seen Kansas against Oklahoma State, kind of struggled with KJ Adams and Ernest Ude both getting in foul trouble. So if Baylor can roll out some versatile bigs, along with Flo Thamba and JTT, like that, that suddenly puts a, an extra emphasis on KJ Adams and Ernest New playing smart and not trying to get into foul trouble because it sounds like we saw Zuby against Oklahoma State, but it sounds like a situation where they Zuby may not be fully ready to play extended time, but in emergency he can play. So obviously you'd like to see KJ and Ernest kind of not get into foul trouble the way they did against Oklahoma State, and hopefully that can be the case so that they can... Continue to be effective on the floor.
2: Yes. So, I mean, obviously, when when you first see Baylor, the thing that jumps out is that offense. Yeah, um, they are number one in Big Twelve only games in offensive efficiency. Like I said, they're number one in the entire country. They don't turn the ball over. They're the best offensive rebounding team in the conference. They're the best three point shooting team in the conference.
3: Okay, so here's the deal. Let me let me pose this mm-hmm. to you. I think we both agree that KU is maybe at their best when they are more playing in more of a free-flowing state, up-and-down transition in the open floor, right? Yes. Baylor, with how good their offense is, would you approach this game, if you're Kansas, of, hey, actually, we're going to try to slow this game down and play it 30 seconds at a time in the half court. That way we can't let Baylor potentially get out a big to a big lead. Or do you play into the the transition style of play for Kansas, and you just try to make it a track meet and see if you can outscore Baylor. So I think that um, this is what's interesting. Baylor is actually
2: ninth of the 10 teams in the Big 12 in adjusted possession length offensively, so they actually like to take their time offensively. They basically like to... Double yeah, around. Exactly, exactly. I saw you to death and use all these ball screens and use as many as they can till they get the open shot that they want. Um, so I, I think... It's, it's one of those things where, sure, if Kansas is in the half court and you're like, well, we're better off slowing it down. But if you slow them down, that. less possessions equals less scoring, does it not? Yes, but it doesn't change the fact that the efficiency of the scoring doesn't change, <laughs> hypothetically. Now, the one thing, though, is... If you can get in transition offensively, you don't stop running. You go no. for it. And because Baylor throws so many numbers up with offensive rebounds, if you can do a good job defensive rebounding, you're going to get some runouts off of that. Now, the problem is Baylor rebounds 35% of their misses on the offensive end. Oh. Low-key, Kansas has actually been third in Big 12-only games in defensive rebounding rate. They've been a lot in Big Twelve. They They've have. a lot better.
3: But the Baylor game, they were not. The Baylor game, they were not good. Baylor had 17 offensive rebounds in that game. Can't that's, have that happen. That's That's not going to cut it. No. And on the flip side, for Kansas, as you said, Baylor's not a team that turns the ball over a lot, and turnovers was a big factor in the Oklahoma State game. KU benefited from a lot of turnovers from Oklahoma State. I think the turnover numbers for Oklahoma State, they only ended up turning it over like 15, 16 times, which is high but not like eye-popping, like mm-hmm. whoa. But watching the game, it felt like every single one of Oklahoma State's turnovers, Kansas eventually turned into a basket or turned into positive momentum on their side, right? So it was... It was really the impact of the turnovers in that game for Oklahoma State. Like, they had, and critical moments, they were turning it over. And Baylor doesn't really do that that much because they ISO a lot of them because, you know, they. that's the style they play. So that's, in theory, less opportunities for Kansas to get out and run and transition off of turnovers. Yes. So
2: that's the big thing there. It's that, like, to me... Their guards are so good. Adam Flagler, L.J. Crier. Um, I, I guess to a lesser extent, Langston Love. Like, he won't play as much, but and he Keontae can still George. score it. And uh, yeah, Keontae George. Those uh, the the main three with George Crier and Flagler. Those guys are going to score. They're going to get buckets. You you hope to make them as inefficient as possible. Like, make them earn it. Make them take a bunch of shots to get there. If they're going to hit tough shots, you tip their cap. Don't give them open ones. You gave them too many open ones in that first half, but they're still going to score points. They just yeah. are. They're that good. The big key to me is clean up the glass because then you're limiting the amount of attempts they're getting. Then you're able to get out and transition more. That's really the one big number. That combined with the turnovers, Kansas had 15 against Baylor last time. Baylor hasn't been a great team at all defensively, let alone forcing turnovers. They're ninth in Big 12 only games and turnover rate defensively. They are 10th in defensive efficiency in the Big 12 play. So if you don't turn the
3: ball over and just have
2: self-inflicted mistakes, you're going to score a lot on them too.
3: Yeah, and and to your point about speaking about Baylor scoring – and their guard scoring. LJ Cryer just went eight of eleven from three against West Virginia. That is something you want to avoid. Yes. Right? Like you do not want to let that happen. And Baylor's been the best three point shooting team in the conference uh, so far at just over over thirty five percent, I think, from three as a team, right, in conference play. So that's an area Kansas needs to be aware of and, and you can't let these guys get hot and shoot a lot of threes over you. But to me, to me the game comes down to the first five minutes. And When you're playing an offense like Baylor, when you're playing a team like Baylor that can score as much, the last thing you want to do, which is exactly what happened when they played Baylor and Waco, is get down early. And Kansas got down early against Baylor, and really, if you think about it, it was pretty impressive that they were able to claw their way back the way they did to the point that they took the lead over Baylor early in that first half. But the point of this being, though, it felt like KU had to expend so much energy. They had to put so much effort into just trying to catch up to Baylor, that when they finally did early in the second half, and they finally were able to take the lead, it felt like they just didn't have enough steam left to really do anything else. And then Baylor just pulled away again. So to me, it's all about Kansas not getting down early and having the opportunity to play this game on equal footing, or even play with the lead, right? Even if, even if at like the under 16 timeout, it's like you know 10 to 8 or whatever, or 8 to 6, and it's or it's tied, whatever. That to me, that would be a great sign for Kansas if they're not losing by a couple possessions after the under-16 or early in the game. Because if you let that happen, then again, you're just going to fall into that trap of you feeling like you have to expend so much energy to try to come back against a team that scores the ball really well, and it just feels like you're always spending a little bit too much effort to try to, to get it back on equal footing. So to me, the game could be decided pretty early of, can Kansas at least maintain equal footing with Baylor? I'm not saying Kansas needs to have a great start, uh, I'm just saying that they they need to be within a possession or two. I think of Baylor within the first five, six, seven minutes. That way they can feel like they're playing the game on a level playing field.
2: Yeah, you're 100% right, and it's it's even harder to
3: catch up when it is a team like Baylor. So, um, and and Kansas has been better about starting pretty well, right? They yeah. started pretty well against yes. Oklahoma State. They've been better about that, but but they did have the dud against Iowa State where they did not, right? So this game is at home. It's obviously the environment is going to be absolutely insane. College game days there. There's going to be a lot of energy, and that could be good or bad, right? It could be good in that it does kind of give you a little bit extra energy to start the game where you can start a little bit better, or it could be bad in that you are you have a lot of nervous energy, and that kind of can cause you to make some mistakes. So I'm curious about the first five minutes or so of this game, and I think that could really set the tone if Kansas can just keep it level, and then from there, when they really start to settle in, just play their game. Yeah, and so if DeWan and Kevin, if their ankles are
2: okay, the way I view this is that yeah, the starting lineup's in a better shape than last time you've played them. The bench is in better shape. Yes, they have JTT back, but Kansas should win this game. But that is a big if for me because if Dewan or Kevin, if the ankle isn't good to go or it inhibits how they play or it makes them worse on defense against some of those good Baylor guards or it makes just even one of them unable to play or play limited minutes, that's where kind of the problem comes into me. So, like, if we yeah. were doing Baylor wins if blank, to me it's if, You know, one or two of those players can't go or just isn't
3: healthy enough. But what about the flip side of that? Kansas wins if what? Well, I think Kansas wins kind of like I just talked about, if they don't get down early. And I also think they win if they limit Baylor from three. I mean, how many times have we seen teams coming down Fieldhouse and shoot the ball really, really well from three? Because everyone everyone wants to beat Kansas down Fieldhouse, right? Like Mm -hmm. coming into the best college environment in the country, one of the best environments in any sport, really everybody wants to come in and beat them. And we've seen guys come in and have great shooting nights. Bryce Thompson, Grant Shurfield, like guys will come in and shoot the ball really well at Allen Fieldhouse against Kansas. So to me, you've got to find a way to limit Baylor from three. Keep the game close early so that you feel like you're playing on a level playing field before you can kind of settle in. And not allow your bigs to get in foul trouble. Because Baylor does have more depth down there. And this could be a game where we we talk about Baylor's guards and how much they rely on their guards, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is a game where Baylor does try to go inside because they know that they're going to have an advantage, right? They're going to be facing an undersized guy in KJ and an inexperienced freshman in Ernest Sude who, while he has been playing a lot better, he's been prone to committing a lot of fouls, right? So, I wouldn't be surprised if Baylor does try to go inside a little bit more than what we saw in the first game, right? In the first game, it was, we're going to to switch all five. KU's going to switch all five. So Baylor was, is going to get the switch on to KJ with Adam Flagler, or LJ Carr, whoever, and then they're going to dribble around a bunch and get the best shot against KJ Adams. I, I don't expect that to be the same case here because I assume Kansas is going to make some adjustments off that, whether they're still going to switch all five or whatever, but I wouldn't be surprised if Baylor tries to go inside more. So to me, you've got to stay out of foul trouble, especially if you're KJ Adams because if Ernest Uday has to play extended minutes, I trust him, but he's also is prone to committing a lot of fouls, and that is concerning because then you're looking at you're looking at Zuby at that point, and we don't know the status of Zach Clements. It sounds like Cam Martin maybe might be young for the season at this point. So suddenly a position where, at times this season, you felt like you had quite a bit of depth there. You're kind of down to two guys, and Baylor could try to abuse that, so...
2: Yeah, I think that's a good point. Schematically, there are so many fun things in this matchup. Does KU continue to switch five? I would expect they do. How does Baylor approach that? How does Kansas deal with some of the issues that they gave them in the first half? Though Kansas, if you remember, played pretty good defense in the second half. So maybe it just took some time kind of adjusting and and morphing to because that was kind of the first time they did that. They had been switching four beforehand. So maybe it took a little bit of time to adjust and Baylor's just really good on offense. So they're still going to get theirs. Um how, how does that center play out? Like you said, with KJ, he really struggled. He went uh, just four points in the last matchup, one for four, one
3: for five. He wasn't really hitting his shots. Yeah, and, I, and, he, I was think, getting, and he was getting targeted on defense.
2: Yes, n- maybe no bigger turnaround besides, like, like I said, with Dewan Harris, he was kind of in a funk. Seems like he's out of it. I think with Ernest Uday, I remember succinctly in that game two or three possessions where he just got lost defending ball screens defensively. And it led to a wide open
3: three for like LJ Cryer or one of the different Baylor players. So I just realized, I just looked at Ernest's stat line from that first Baylor game. He played five minutes, didn't attempt a shot, did not get a rebound, did not get an assist. Had one foul and one turnover. Yeah. And no blocks so and no. So in five minutes, he didn't do anything except foul and turn and turn it over. And he had a couple of those defensive <laughs> breakdowns that that led
2: to like open threes. There was one where uh Baylor ended up having a uh, a guy who was wide open in the paint, but Kevin McColler had to go down to him, and then LJ Cryer was wide open in the corner for three. And so Cryer ends up hitting like a side three. I, I think Ernest is a lot more comfortable
3: now since yes. then. And I have a lot more faith in him now. Exactly. The biggest concern to me is just foul, foul yeah. trouble. I yeah. mean, against Oklahoma State, you saw it. He has a tendency to just kind of flail his arms and commit fouls, right? I don't know how else to put it. I mean, he, when he's on defense, he just kind of flails his arms around. So that's a concern. So I guess for me, Kansas wins if
2: blank. Um, Kansas wins if I mean, going back to the health thing, like if Dewan and, and Kevin are okay, if you're yeah. switching five, but you I mean, need even, your two even best if Dewan and
3: Kevin are both at eighty yeah. percent, I feel pretty okay about still that. Could win. Yeah.
2: Um, I, I feel like if, if Grady Dick repeats his performance, that would be one I would go to. He had yeah, yeah. Over 20 points, that was one of his best games in overall really, offense. We haven't really touched on
3: Jalen, obviously. No, he, he was great. That was part of his like. And he wasn't that he wasn't mm-hmm. that effective against Oklahoma State, but he made big plays when it mattered. So what kind of role is he going to have? Is yeah. he going to be a guy that's going to be relied on to hit some big shots? But again, for me, dogs? it
2: just goes down to one thing. It's the can you hold their offensive rebounding down. Uh, if I'm going to put like a number on it just for the sake of it, again, they had 17 last time. Let's say, can you hold them to to twelve or less offensive rebounds? Maybe that's not even the right way of approaching it. Because Kansas could get if Kansas gets fourteen offensive rebounds and Baylor has fourteen, you're fine with it. You're probably okay so with So basically just mitigate their strength. If they can only be a max of like plus two or plus three on the offensive rebounds, I think you feel great that you're gonna win the game. That combined with the other part of the possession game, with Dewan Harris just being back into it don't have 15 turnovers only have <laughs> 10 or 11 against a team that hasn't been great at forcing yep. them and I all think it'll
3: be okay all that is great as long as Baylor does not shoot the lights out
2: yes which it is scary happen. but also I'm not that, that's not going to be something I'm going to predict because if they <clears> shoot <throat> the lights out like they're probably going to win anyway you know so yeah. it doesn't matter who they're playing so it's not it's not like a schematic thing where I can be, well if they you know. yeah i mean if, one, if if one guy goes eight from 11 from 3 Right. you're probably going to win those games. It's like going into a football game and being like, well, if they're plus four in turnovers, they're going to win. It's like... <laughs> Well, duh. You know, if, if Baylor goes 12 of 18 from three, then well, yeah, they're Grady, probably going to win. What if
3: Grady goes eight for 11? And they're probably going to win as well. goes right? 12
2: of 18 from three also. Then we're going to have one of the most Makes exciting college basketball games of the hmm. season. Hmm. Uh, he is uh, Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Let's get to our KU Game Picks. Rock Chuck Pickahawk coming up next. David Lawrence of the Jayhawk Radio Network will join us a little bit after that. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. <laughs> Welcome back into Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson, and the Kansas Jayhawks take on the Baylor Bears tomorrow. Pre-game one thirty, tip-off at three o'clock here on KLWN. Sunday we got the KU women's basketball game coming at you. That'll uh, be at two o'clock. Pre-game one forty-five. We'll talk a little about both games with David Lawrence coming up in our next segment. Uh, so we don't have an official line out yet on the betting sites but we do it? have ken palm so we'll just go off that so we won't be able to do a same game parlay which is probably fine because we missed again last yeah we suck. i think we missed like three of the four no we, we suck last- but we're literally fair, so bad who could have predicted jalen wilson in foul trouble that was like the first time all season that that's happened we're just just, okay. i think we're just bad probably but let me uh let me cater Men's to my it? mind yeah okay so i'm 14 and 10 you're 12 and 12 12, and 12 by by choice yeah, by design by, by choice, choice because it is more impressive to purposely go 500 <laughs> if you can get it done. So we have KU minus 4. The over/under is 152. Okay.
3: Um I will take I'll take KU. I'm going to pick the Hawks. Cuz why not? And I'll go over. So the complete opposite of your picks, I think.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go Baylor, I just I think four is too many. I, I this to me four, four is, is like a, a game lot. that comes down to the last possession. No, four is a lot, and um, I might switch my pick to Baylor actually, because I could I could see Kansas winning by three, where it's like Baylor has the ball 74-71, and Baylor has the ball with twenty seconds left, and they're going down, they're taking the last shot, and they miss it, and then they get the offensive rebound, and they kick it out, and they miss it again, and then everybody's like, oh, thank goodness Kansas All won again. Right, I switched it to Baylor. Uh, I'm going to go under as well Uh, because Baylor does play at a slow pace I I think people get enamored with the fact that Baylor is the number one offense deservedly
3: so they can shoot the lights out and everything I will say I picked the over in the Baylor-West Virginia game and it missed by two points Mm. well that's because West Virginia sucks
2: well the first meeting I don't remember what the over-under would have been set at but it ended up at 144 points the first game? yeah was that? And it ended under then, right? Yeah, because it's one fifty two, at least what it is if it's based on this one. So I am going to go the under. Honestly, I feel better about the under than the the pick of KU or Baylor.
3: Okay. Well, I'm going. I'm sticking with the over. Yeah. Now you're going to turn right on that. Okay. Because uh, listen, nobody loves rooting for points more than me. No, that's fair. On to rock
2: chalk, pick Where I am twelve and eleven, my lead has quickly
3: gone away. Whoa. Whoa. Huh? You're just gonna. Oh, I'm 12 and 11. No, I I have 11 wins. I okay. You're yeah. You're not the only guy on the show. You you're can't 11. just be like, oh, I'm 12 and 11. Yeah. No, you have 12 wins. I have right, 11 wins.
2: You're 11 and 12. There Thank you. you, go. you. <laughs> Thank you. Chance to get to 500. Reminder how this works. We will each pick six players. Serpentine draft back and forth. You get a point for every point they score. Two for every assist and rebound. Three for steals and blocks. Lose a point for shots missed. Lose two for turnovers. Lose one for fouls. Lose three for fouling out. You have to take one player. From the other team.
3: Do I have you have the first pick. I have the first pick? Yes. This is interesting because normally it's Jalen, but he had an off game, sort of. Well, in in a terms, he had an off game. But at the same time, I got to stick with my guy. Give me Jalen. Yeah. I feel like every time
2: I've gotten Jalen Wilson here lately with the first pick, it like has been the one rare like off <laughs> game for him. But you got to do it there. You got to. Okay, so I uh, normally, I think I might go, uh, I'll I'll get the easy one out of the way. I'm taking Grady Dick with my first one. He had an awesome game against Baylor. He was awesome against Oklahoma State. They're going to need him again in a matchup like this. And I I think he found out in that last Baylor matchup that this is not a great defense, that he can take it to the rim. Obviously, having JTT hurts a little bit more there, but he has the big size advantage on the guards that are going up against him. Use it. Get inside. Finish through contact. So, go Grady Dick. I think I would go Kevin McCuller in a normal circumstance here. Probably yeah. It's not a normal circumstance. He has the ankle injury. He does have the ankle injury. So now I'm between Dewan and KJ. Yep. Same kind of thing for Duan, but I don't think he it's He can still as get bad. a bunch of assists. Though. Exactly. That's the other part of it. What's the call? I'm worried about KJ getting you into foul trouble. You are on the clock. I am worried about KJ getting into foul trouble, especially because they're switching five. Do, 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 Baylor do, do, is going to be do, switching. Do. I will
3: uh, take DeJuan Harris. The pick is in. Okay, DeJuan Harris. Yeah. There we go. All right, well, I'm going to take KJ. I think – I think. okay, now things get tough. Yep. Do I go with Kevin? Do I go with, like, an earnest? Is Joe going to get a lot of run because Kevin might not get as much run? I think I I'm gonna go with Kevin still. I don't know. Okay.
2: That's fine. Um, so I will take Ernest Uday. Okay. And then I just I don't think there's much separation whether I'm gonna pick Keontae George, Adam Flagler, LJ Cryer.
3: Um, there. I mean, there could be if one of them goes off. Well, there off. could be, but I don't know which one it would be. Well, that that's obviously the that's the problem. So <laughs> I'm my, not even okay. going to worry about I taking think, one. Well, and I think the good news here is like because there's three of them, it's another situation where like if you pick the wrong one and I get the other one, then I'm one of like you know what I mean? Yeah, there's there could three. just be so we could just both I, be wrong.
2: But that, for that reason, I'm just gonna <clears throat> wait till my last pick to take one. So I'll just take another Ku player and I'll take a Ku bench player that I feel like is gonna have a big role. That's Joe Yesifu. Joe.
3: All right, all right. This puts me in a kind of a tough spot, because who do I even have left? MJ, and then the group of Zuby, players who are playing
2: through injury, who are kind of break glass in case of emergency. Bobby. Yeah, this is this is rough. Zuby, Bobby, Clements, and MJ. Basically, I
3: don't think Clements is going to play, unless the other three guys get him.
2: Well, I had there. MJ Rice last game. He got minus three, so. <laughs>
3: You could get a zero from someone, and that might actually be okay. All right. I think, I think I'm think i going to go with the Baylor play here just because I don't have any other options that I love. Uh, I will pick Adam Flagler as my Baylor player. Okay. And then I have another pick, right? Yes. I, I mean, I, I guess I'll take Zuby.
2: Okay. Said with a lot of confidence. <laughs> I will take MJ Rice. Okay. And then, which Baylor player do I want? So Keontae George. So LJ Cryer was the guy that just went off in the last. He did, and he went off in the game against Kansas. Yeah, 26 against West Virginia. George, meanwhile, I think is going to put up a little bit more of the other stats. He's the guy that averages the most. He also takes a lot of shots and misses a lot of
3: shots. So I am going to take LJ Cryer. So you have one last pick. Mr. Irrelevant, who's it going to be? See, I could take MJ Rice. Nope, I already took him. Oh, I'm an idiot. Okay, You're between mind. between Bobby, Zach, Kyle Cuff. I could take Bobby. Jankovic. I could take Jankovic. Dylan Wilhite. The thing is, okay, I could Charlie take Jankovic and he's not going to play and get zero. Yep. Or I could take Bobby and maybe he doesn't play, but maybe he does and gets like an assist. <laughs> and so I get two points. Yeah. So every point matters. So I'm going to roll the dice with Bobby here because I, I, I don't think Bobby's going to get negative because he's not going to shoot the ball very many times, so it doesn't matter if he misses. He's probably not going to pick up a ton of fouls, and then the only other concern would be if he turns it over. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to roll right. with Bobby. All right, those are our teams. We're going to take a timeout. David Lawrence,
2: Jayhawk Radio Network, going to talk KU men's basketball, KU women's basketball. Maybe we'll squeeze a KU football question in there, too. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. This is RCST. Welcome back in. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson and joined now by David Lawrence, the big DL on the show. You'll be able to hear him all over the weekend here on KLWN. That's because he uh, does the pregame postgame for the Jayhawk Radio Network for the KU men's basketball team. And that one will start at 1.30 tomorrow on KLWN and 105.9 KISS. Then the KU women's basketball team, they'll be at home taking on Oklahoma on Sunday at 2 o'clock. Pre-game will start at 145. He'll be doing the color commentary for that one against the Sooners, so big weekend ahead. And uh, I guess we'll start with the men's game, college game day in town, obviously a big one, top 10 showdown, KU and Baylor. And for Kansas, uh, on the men's side, they've now won five of their last six games after going through their struggle, uh, do you almost at this point, do, do you laugh a little bit every time it seems like once a year when they do go through their little rut at the end of January, like, hey, they're, they're going to get this thing figured out. I guess what wh- what has kind of been the biggest difference for you in in the the recent strong level of play and, and why this consistently happens each and every year with Bill Self teams?
1: Uh, Derek, it's great to be on. Uh, yes, just – younger fans. I mean, they can't help it. They're young. I mean, they're like the people that go out and it's hot for two hours and they say, well, it's only going to be hot. You know, it's, <laughs> it, you know, he, you look at the balance of the work uh, of Bill. So there's no one as good, you know, 20 years of making teams tougher throughout the season, uh, getting them to be better defenders And causing the other team to play bad, and and I think this year's team is a perfect example of that. That's really coming together. And having said that, you know they're going to be challenged by. You could argue Baylor is the best team in America right now coming in. You know, so uh, what what an opportunity, what a challenge, and to play it now in Fieldhouse on game day. I mean, you just you couldn't draw it up any bigger.
2: Yeah, I guess uh, going into that matchup, Baylor, three of the better scoring guards in the entire conference, and they're all starting on one team. Obviously, uh, I don't know if you want to give a crack at it as, as well as your cohort, Brian Haney, did yesterday with Jonathan chamwa that I, I don't know. I'm I'm going with the, the Fran Frishilla, uh reference every day, John, there. But having him come back, they— uh, they've got about as loaded of a lineup as, as you could kind of imagine here. What what sticks out to you most about the matchup between the Jayhawks and the Bears? Mm.
1: Rebounding in threes, you know, they're a plus five on, on the glass, and, and I only compare, you know, conference stats only. Uh, the Jayhawks are are relatively even in that area, and Baylor's a plus 2.2 in, in making threes. Kansas, relatively even in that area as well. Um, so so, I mean that's what you're going to contend with Kansas a little bit better taking care of the ball and getting steals Uh, Kansas is really coming on though defensively I think maybe that's what makes this team stick out a little bit more is you know it's hard to name that you know the the best defender with Marcus Garrett or you, you go back and you know our past teams defined by one great defender and and you can't do that with this with this starting five because of uh, Dewan and and Kevin and you you've you've got uh, and KJ as well inside. So three great defenders, and then Ude is you know obviously I'm crushing on Ude just like everybody else. He's a fantastic story, and uh, I go on and on about him in pre and post game, and you know I don't think I'm overdoing it.
2: No, He's been uh, certainly fun to watch with his progression here, and um, I, I think maybe no individual story will be more interesting to me uh, than than his against Baylor, because I remember the game in Waco where he came in, KJ Adams got in foul trouble, and he looked a little lost out there. There were like two or three straight possessions. Baylor got an open two, open three, um, because Uday kind of messed up or... Uh, I don't know. Had a miscommunication on a ball screen defending, and and it just he's been so good since kind of that point that I wonder if that'll be a big difference for KU. And, and I know it's it's more of a rarity for this to happen, but it's happened now twice in the last like four or five years that people now love to ask this question. So I'm just going to ask it to you. Um, when you look at what Remy Martin did last year of basically just turning it on in March, when you look at what Malik Newman did in 2018, just basically turning it on in March, maybe not to that level. I don't think KU has that necessarily there. But a player to, you know, maybe go from being someone who isn't playing as big of a role or if they are, they're doing it at a you know lower level than you think they could break out to once we get to March here in a few weeks. Uh, would Ernest be at the top of that list for you?
1: Yeah, I think that's a great comparison. Uh, I, I may steal that from you. Uh, You're more than I, welcome. I, I, it, it's not going to be measurables as much, though. You know, I mean, I, I think you can directly go to, you know, Malik's numbers uh, and the numbers last year. But you know, I think in earnest, uh, as I talked to and asked Bill this question, it's you know, we 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 rave about six eleven people that have great feet but yet his hands are every bit as special and the energy he brings. And the other thing is I'm just amazed. And I get it. You know, uh, McDonald's all Americans. I mean, these guys come in, uh, they're, they're full of confidence, but how he can come in and just assume that he's the alpha dog in the game. I'm to me, that blows me away. You know, he did that against Oscar Sheboy of all people. I'm like, Oh, my gosh, who does that? I mean, aren't you just a little bit in awe of the best player in college basketball (laughs) last year? Uh, But, no, he goes in and just says, I'm the man. I'm going to get to every ball. I'm going to get every rebound. I'm going to block every shot.
2: Yeah, he's been uh, really fun to watch the progression. And I know I... I, I always hate harping on, hey, let's look ahead to what this team could look like next year. You know, we're, we're in it. Let's enjoy the moment. But uh, I, I'm really excited to see what the future beholds for him as well uh, when you're just talking about the progression of a guy kind of moving ahead. Switching gears to, to the women's side of things. Again, they play Oklahoma, who's uh, ranked 15th in the country. That game will happen on Sunday, pregame 145, tip off at 2. You can hear it on KLWN, or you can go out to the game over at Allen Fieldhouse. How important is this game? It feels like... They maybe haven't gotten those huge victories yet that they got last year at the beginning of Big 12 play. How critical is this one to getting one of those top tier victories or or maybe this upcoming stretch?
1: I I think that's a fair statement. There's no question. I think this team can close four and one. Uh, I think they dropped to six and seven. Uh, So an opportunity to finish 10 and eight. Um, You know, as far as. to pinpoint, you know, why haven't we stepped up? You know, and with the addition of Yvette Mayberry, been, you know, one level better than last year. And I think there's two examples. Would be number one, we don't sneak up on anyone this year. Uh, I mean, we're we're a, a, a considered an upper echelon team, and everyone regards us as uh, that. And so they're going to get prepared as if they're playing. A, a Baylor Oklahoma type team. So that you know, we're not gonna catch anyone sleeping. And the other thing, uh Iwana Hotsi Leonti, which uh she was a favorite of mine because she's just so crafty in her passing. She can guard a number of positions. She can score around the rim. We haven't had her and uh we we need her back in there. She's had several different injuries, even an illness, I believe. Um but I, I, and I don't know the timetable for that. But, but you know, you got who you got. Uh, Sophie Tolegde is really coming on. But uh, to, to get to your point, yes, Sunday is huge. And it's so easy to come up there, get get a ticket relatively cheap, and watch Kansas face uh, Oklahoma. And, yeah, you got a, a crack at Oklahoma and one at Iowa State. And you, you really need to, to get those. Uh, and then, of course, defeat the uh, – the the three that you should win uh but you know they don't have to get both of those wins but one uh against Oklahoma or Iowa State would be fairly critical
2: yeah certainly would as as this team tries to get a a higher seed than they were last year had a, a tough loss earlier this week and trying to bounce back and you know, I, I do think one thing that's been cool about this team, obviously the the growth of Tyana Jackson, it's been so talked about, and she's had an unbelievable season. Obviously, everybody knows Holly Kerskeeter with as great as she's been the last few years for Kansas. But to me, the kind of unsung hero so far has been Zakiya Franklin. It seems like uh, there will be games when, hey, we need you to score 20 points. She goes out and scores 20. There's games we need you to get, you know, six or seven assists or five or six rebounds. And, and she just kind of does a little bit of everything and, and – has stepped up into really key moments for this team. What can you say about the growth uh that Zaki Franklin's had this season?
1: Yeah, uh that's uh that's a good observation by you. She's she's got the ability to just get into the lane and score versus virtually almost anyone because even Link has a hard time of of stopping her. Uh, and I would just say, you know, more of that. You know, Zakaya Franken getting to the lane. Uh, this team's identity in winning games is is getting to a line late in the game. Uh, if you got any kind of lead, uh, they finish. You know, shooting about you know about eighty percent plus from the free throw line, and Zakaya Holly are part of that. So yeah, uh, and she can hit the three. This team uh, overall, at least in conference play, not shooting the three as well as I think they can. I think they have that in them. Uh, so, certainly, I mean, Holly, we, we got to get her the ball in crunch time a little more often because she has money. Uh, that's my opinion uh, in, in knocking down the three. Uh, but Sakaya can hit it. Wyvette can make it. Uh, and Wyvette is the addition, you know, because she is one of the fastest players in the conference. And that's why this team... Should be better uh, come tournament time, into the year.
2: So with uh, all your upcoming radio ventures this weekend, is there anything you want to tease, anything you want to plug or, or anything you have upcoming on, uh, say, pregame tomorrow?
1: Ah, uh, well, I, I, I expect ESPN's lead analyst, Jay Billis, will be joining me in the pregame show. He's a great guy. Loves to be on uh, Kansas radio and, uh, I I think most Jayhawk fans agree he's the best, calls it like it is, and certainly has respect in doing his homework about Kansas basketball and about the significance of Allen Fieldhouse. Well,
2: before we let you go, I, I do feel obligated. I know I told you before uh, I was going to have you on. I, I didn't tell you we we're going to talk any football, but I don't know. I, I just feel like anytime I talk to you, I, I want to ask at least one football question. I think the listeners would probably agree to that. Uh, spring football hasn't quite started up yet, though. We actually are getting closer than you think. I think we're, what, about 11 days away, something like that. Um, what are you most tracking? What are you most excited for with the upcoming spring ball for this team?
1: Well, I'm glad you did, first of all. Um, I'm excited about being at that first spring practice, and yes, it starts in February. You you know, I think uh, defensively is where uh, maybe 85% of the question marks are going to be, you know, and what's going to happen defensively at defensive end and at linebacker and at a depth And the defensive line, you know, there's a couple of key people coming in in secondary. So I think it's going to be about 85% defense. Uh, Special teams is a little harder because they don't really, you know, do the 11 on 11. But let's not uh, overlook the significance on how this team has to get better in special teams, not just in kicking and punting, but also in coverage units. So uh, that would be it. Offensively, you know, I I love where we're going. Uh, I think the new addition to the offensive line is going to be good. We're going to have another receiver and what could be a a top three receiving core in the conference, and uh, and maybe the best group of tight ends. So uh, and and, you know, we could have the best quarterback, and you you may have to even expand that beyond the Big Twelve. That's saying a mouthful but uh jd magic certainly we've witnessed it many times and i expect it in 2023 so that's pretty exciting
2: yep very exciting stuff well david i appreciate the time as always and uh, have a have a fun weekend get into all the action
1: derek thanks for having me on
2: that was david lawrence of the jayhawk radio network joining us here on rock shock sports talk thank you to david for coming on the show Um, We have about an hour 20 to go before we get to pregame coverage and tip-off for the Lawrence High Free State girls basketball game. That'll be the first of our doubleheader here on KLWN for the City Showdown. Here, at all right here on KLWN. Coming up next, though, Bill Self spoke with the media ahead of the game with Baylor tomorrow. We'll share that audio for you on the other side. Four o'clock hour, you're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. If you're looking for the perfect destination for your next social or corporate gathering, Venue 1235, a large climate-controlled event space with a catering kitchen, private suite, covered patio. Has it covered. They're located right off I-70, just five minutes from downtown Lawrence. Check out some of their upcoming events or schedule one yourself with Venue 1235. KU takes on Baylor tomorrow. Pregame will start at 1:30. Tip-off will be at three o'clock here on your home for the Hawks KLWN and our sister station 105.9 Kiss. You can tune into the game at three with the, that pregame at 1:30, which I already said. But who cares? Uh, Bill Self caught up with the media ahead of the game against Baylor.
1: Here's what he had to say. Bill, uh, another earnest question. Uh, just talk about. He, he seems to have a very alpha dog personality for a freshman. His quick
0: feet, but also his quick hands yeah. and, and how you, you see that for, of him going forward. You know, he fouled too much the other day. He just doesn't understand yet. Uh, he'll, he will. You know, he fouled when, uh, you know, Boone, Boone obviously was hurting us, but, you know, he fouled when he had him at, 20, at 18 feet or 15 feet a couple of times. But, uh, uh, but you know, he's trying hard. But he had six defles- deflections uh, the first half of the last two games. Which is a ridiculously high number for anybody, let alone a big guy that plays limited minutes. So, you know, to to your point, his his feet and hands both are very quick and everything. I I thought he played well, pretty well the other day. I didn't think he played probably as efficient as efficiently as he did against OU, but he's getting more and more confidence all the time. And you know, your your creative uh, expectations don't change. You're
1: making the other team. Not play well in your toughness level. It it seems to have really picked up the last three games. Talk about that, and is yeah. it kind of on schedule? Yeah,
0: you know what? I don't know that we did anything defensively the other night to make OSU play bad. Heck, they shot 50% as well, or right at it, or whatever it was. Was it right at 50? I think it was. So, so uh, you guys should know that. So, uh, so I don't think we did anything exceptional, but I do think we competed harder. And, and a lot of times, it's it's hard to. You know, hold teams to a lower percentage playing on the road than it is at home, but just because of comfort level and things like that. But uh, uh, we have been a different-looking team, whether or not we play well or not. Uh, uh, I know matters, but but just from a, the appearance in the locker room, uh, 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 tight huddle, uh, you know, things like that. We we we've looked better and and certainly uh, more cohesive in the last uh, week and a half or so. Kevin
3: said after that game the other night that he'd been telling your freshmen, you know, you're not freshman anymore. You've played a lot now, all that stuff. Did, number one, do you subscribe to that generally? Well, I don't think
0: they've – other than Grady, they yeah. really yeah. haven't played a lot. That, that's what you I was going to yeah, ask.
3: Yeah. Do, do you subscribe yeah. to that in general? But then is, is it necessarily true with this
0: group? Yeah, it's, it, it, it it needs to be true, whether it's actually 100% factual or not. It needs to be true, you know, uh uh, we used to say that all the time, well, you you know, guys, you're not a freshman anymore, you played 400 minutes, you know, or whatever the deal is. And, and although, you know, our freshmen haven't played, with the exception of Grady, you know, a ton of minutes, uh, uh, we're getting to the point where they all need to, uh, you know, play beyond their years and, and, uh, and certainly beyond their experience, if not their years. And I, th- I think Ernest is doing a really good job with that.
3: Flipping that over when
0: you look at Baylor and and their freshman Keontae, uh, w- what did you learn about him first time seeing him? Well, I've, I I've known Keontae for a while. We recruited Keontae, and and uh, he visited, and um, <clears throat> you know we knew he was going to be one of the best freshmen in the country wherever he went to school. I mean he's a he was a he, he's one of the few guys out there that was a can't miss type prospect, and and uh, uh, you know even though other schools definitely did miss. Uh, you know, he's been able to show off his skill set there at Baylor in a, in a big way. And, and uh, you know, he's terrific. He, he's, he's terrific. Uh, I, I do think it, it helps him a lot having those two little guys playing next to him as well. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, the, that, that's, that's the best, you know, threesome in America. Uh, without question, offensively, they're, they're, there's not, there's no team in America's got three guards like they got, and they can all get their own, and, and they can create for others. Kante's a terrific, terrific passer guy, has great vision, and and uh, you know they're 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 uh, they're hard to guard because they can make make they can take and make you know hard shots, uh, shots that you say no 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 good shot, and, and and they're all really good at that.
3: Rough start there,
0: but you did bounce back and got the lead and. And then it got away after that but what do you remember about the first matchup uh well i yeah i've watched it i I thought that we were you know uh, uh from an energy standpoint and everything we didn't do anything to make them uncomfortable nothing and uh even statistically uh when you go back and look at the things that matter to us uh from an energy standpoint and things like that, they, they won almost every statistical category in the stats that aren't really stats.
3: What
0: are uh, Offensive rebound attempts, deflection, dives, uh, 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 charges taken, you know, uh, uh, you know thing, things that 50 uh, 50 balls, you know, th- things that uh, don't show up in the points, rebounds, and assists. Were turnovers but but they they have just as big an impact on the game, and I thought they controlled that area uh, and so uh you know even though that we did some good things and we had the league for for uh, a brief moment in the second half uh we didn't do enough to put real game pressure on them in the last four minutes, and that's what you hope when you're playing a uh, uh you know a top ten type team when you're playing on the road is is, you know, at least make them sweat and think. And, and and we didn't we didn't do enough to quite do that down there. Even though it was a six-point game, it, to me it didn't feel like it was a six-point game, even though we had a couple of chances late and, and botched those up.
3: Bill, is there like a, uh, you know, talking about the conference race, is there like a number that you have in mind, obviously you don't want to lose at all, but um, that you think wins the conference this year?
0: Uh... uh I don't know if I would. I I would think five would for sure uh, win it. I would think six would have a shot, Uh, but anybody goes thirteen to five in our league because when you look at because we play each other. I mean, so somebody's got to lose in the games where you play each other. So, so I I would think uh, uh, you know obviously if a you know if a team were to win out, you know, be done. But but uh, uh, you know I I could be wrong. I think Texas still has us, Baylor, and Iowa State left. I could, I could be off on that. Uh, uh, I know Baylor still has, and I think Texas may have TCU left as well. Uh, I, 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 I I can't go through them all, but there, there, there's opportunities for great wins, and there's also opportunities for for somebody to get you on everybody's schedule. So uh, uh, four and one the rest of the way, I, I would guarantee it. would uh, would you know win it and and, and, and uh, uh, getting to 12, although I don't think that's the percentage play, I do think there's a chance I could get a piece of it. Uh, uh, but but I, th- I think I think 13 would be a, a number that anybody that's in our league right now would be very content with.
3: Something you talked a lot about in December was ball and body movement offensively. Do you feel like you guys have improved there kind of the last three yeah. games?
0: Well, I've talked about that. Uh, Every day for the last 20 years, uh, you know that's 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 always an emphasis of ours. Probably more important now the way we play than maybe it was when we ran more of a tradi- traditional high-low type stuff. But uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's been better at times. I I, I I do. I I think some of our best possessions that we have are when we say, okay, we're going to make five passes or or we're going to run our offense as fast as we can and not even worry about getting a shot, you know, just, just run it as fast as we can, then something always seems to come open because we do that. But, uh, you know, it takes a lot of energy to play that way. And and you're not going to sustain that over a course of, of 40 minutes. But but I, I do think when we run good offense, it's it's been primarily because of what you said.
3: And how have DeWan and Kevin, what's kind of their status look like for Saturday?
0: You know, uh, uh, I haven't seen either one of them. Uh, because we were obviously off yesterday. But uh, they've all had at least four treatment sessions so far since we've been back, and maybe five. And uh, uh, I don't know that either one of them will practice today, but I'm hopeful that they can be on the court tomorrow. And if they're on the court tomorrow, they'll play Saturday.
3: And then with Zach and Bobby, uh, they were both dressed for the game on Tuesday. Are they available? Well, Bobby
0: played. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Yeah, he didn't play much, but but I, I, I didn't want to. I, I, I didn't want to play him much unless we just had to play him. And unfortunately, it was a situation when Juan got hurt. We kind of had to. Uh, but, you know, he wasn't out there a lot. But I do think his availability will be more uh, come Saturday and, and hopefully Monday uh, just because it, it. we kind of bought another week by giving him – even though he played, he didn't really have to push it. And so – Hopefully we bought a little bit of time of him becoming more whole. And Zach's still bothered by his knee. But, you know, you guys know, know us. We're not going to play 11 guys, more than likely. But he's he, he still bothered by his knee. So even though he would have been available to put in the game, he wouldn't have been 100%. 100%. And he may not be for another little while uh, uh, to actually play. But he can, you know, get out there at 85 or 90%. But, he, but, but he, he's still not 100% though. Any Zubi or Cam injuries updates? Well, Zubi played, uh, 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 so so Zubi, yeah, Zuby, Zuby will play. So, uh, but Cam, Cam's, Cam's not, uh, uh, Cam's shoulder still not well, so he, he he won't play.
1: Baylor's hot, obviously. You guys have won three in a row,
0: defending national champs two years in a row. How big a game is this? Game day and all that. Yeah, I think game day adds to it, but I don't think game day. In the players' minds, makes it a bigger game. I think it's a pretty big, damn big game, regardless if game day was here or not. I think I still think uh, both teams would be excited to play. Uh, but of course, we love game day being here. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's a big game, uh, and it's a big game for a lot of reasons. One, it's the next game. You know, it's not the biggest game we're going to play this year, uh, and it's certainly not the biggest game Baylor's going to play this year. Uh, but up until this point. it's Probably about as big a game as we played this year. So, so, uh, uh, so, yeah. I, I think it's a. It's. I think it's a big game both ways. What NBA players might be back? Uh, you know, I don't know for. I, I think CB and Oach will be back, but I don't. I don't know. I, have, I haven't talked to all of them, so I, I don't. know who all will positively be back. But I'm sure CB and Oach will want to come back just so they can have everybody cheer for them again. You know, so. Last two games,
1: offense has been. Pretty beautiful, whatever you want to call it. How do you look at it?
0: Uh, I think it's been pretty good because it's been balanced. You know, we've been getting the ball to the basket. We've been scoring points in the paint. You know, we've had pretty good ball and body movement to the point over here. Uh, uh, and 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 you know, we, we haven't shot it great from beyond the arc. But what what were we the other day? Forty percent was close to forty. I know Grady was four nine or whatever, but. I don't remember, but we shot, it, we shot it fairly well. I mean, and against OU, we didn't shoot it great, but we, but we, we made enough. And so uh, I think the balance of it has probably been as good as anything. Uh, and, and it's been different guys. You know, it was Grady the other night, but, uh, you know, against Texas, uh, you know, we had basically, what, do we have? five or six in double figures, and Jay Will wasn't one of them. So, uh, yeah, there, there's been a lot of positive things like that. What is your reaction to the Chiefs winning it and were you tempted to go to the parade and what do you think of the whole Andy Reid winning it and the whole deal I I was uh, uh I I actually think it's fantastic that they won it's great for them it's you know they they I don't know them all well uh but certainly I've gotten a chance to know Andy a little bit and Travis some and and uh uh those are you know better people than they are actually at their gig, I mean, they, they're class, class, and 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 uh, so yeah, I, I'm, we're all really happy for them. It, it it means a lot to our to our our students and everybody in our area when the Chiefs do well. There, there, there's one thing about uh, uh, you know our, our community. Whether you're a K State or Missouri or a KU guy, there's some division. I don't think there's any division when we talk about the Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs are are are, are the uh, Organization, as far as uh, uh, and it's Royals too, but the Chiefs to me, uh, there's absolutely nobody that supports any institution that would argue that they don't like the Chiefs if they're from here. So uh, I I I think it's great, and and, uh, uh, you know I'm really big in parades, but uh, I I did not, uh, I did not even think about uh, bearing the cold or intending that yesterday after a pretty long night on Tuesday.
2: That was Bill Self speaking with the media yesterday ahead of their game tomorrow against the Baylor Bears. Pre-game will be at 1.30, tip-off will be at 3 o'clock. We also have the KU Women's Game coming at you Sunday. we got high school basketball at the City Showdown coming at you tonight as well. We'll have some uh, Jalen Wilson audio to play for you later on in the show, later this hour. Coming up next, though, Sports Stock Market with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. This is FM 1017, 1320 KLWN, KLWN.com, and the KLWN app, Depend on it. Welcome back into to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Take a brief hiatus from some of the uh, KU basketball audio and get to your Friday edition of sports stock market here on rock truck sports stock with nick springer i'm Derek johnson we have a fun one for today's edition of sports stock market uh, uh there, there's gonna be one topic specifically that i know is gonna, gonna sidetrack <laughs> this whole thing but that's okay i uh, will save it more toward uh the end i guess all right first up let's get it going stock is up no, no. I'm actually starting here. Stock is down on Nick Springer finding the bed music. Dude, I'm... Um, all right, here we go. Here we go. we go. All right, stock is up on remarkable stats. Patrick Mahomes had a 99.4 QBR in the second half. Is that good? That's out of 100. Is that good? That is the best mark that the stat has had since 2006 when it was invented. <laughs> <laughs>
3: so. so not only is it good, it's literally the best. Yeah, literally the best. Literally um, the best.
2: He's very good at football.
3: Wow. Also, uh,
2: this is something that got flaunted around a bit. KU has 12 quad one wins. Yeah.
3: No one else has more than nine. Yeah, it continues to be impressive. And, and also, I don't know if you looked, but the top three teams are all Big 12 teams. At, KU is 12. Texas has nine. Baylor has nine. You know what? You know what's really crazy, though? Northwestern has eight. Do they really? Yes. Northwestern Northwestern. Good? Since when? I don't think they're good, but they have eight quad one wins.
2: They might be good if they have eight quad one wins. Um, <laughs> I uh, I can't help but wonder, like, what's the floor here for Ku getting a one seed just because of that? I
3: and mean, they have by far well, the most quad like, one wins. If they let's say hypothetically, craziness ensues and it turns out that like Ku and Baylor both tie for eleven and seven. And they win the Big Twelve with with seven losses in the Big Twelve. So Kansas would have nine total losses, eleven and seven in conference. Are they getting a one seed? I kind of think so.
2: I mean, I feel like they have to, right? I mean, if they they're have the, the most quad one wins, and it's not just the most, but it's like by, by far the far most, the
3: most. Yeah, I kind of think they will. Or you know, twelve and six, right? Like if KU ends up going twelve and six and wins, gets to share of the Big Twelve. Now the question becomes, though, let's say. Let's say for hypothetical sake Baylor beats Kansas tomorrow. So they've okay. swept Kansas. But Kansas still ends up getting a share of the Big 12 with Baylor, like they both finished 12 and 6 mm-hmm. and they and they split it. Are they both getting a one seed? Is Baylor yeah. getting the one seed over Kansas at that point since they since they swept them during the regular season? What's what's up with that?
2: I think they would both get one seeds in that scenario. Like you could argue <coughs> nobody is playing better basketball right now than Baylor is. Um I, I basically the way I view it, I I almost expecting like, I don't know, maybe there's gonna be too much carnage and
3: everything, but like, two one seeds from the Big Twelve. We're, like, we're gonna find I, out. Tomorrow. I, I, I mean, I think Purdue is basically guaranteed, but they just got they you just got, got annihilated by Maryland. by Maryland. But I, d- I and then do you think you got Houston and then you got Bama, but Bama has some questionable losses, and you have Texas, UCLA. It's just hard for me with Houston, the schedule, you know, like give them a two seed, whatever. They're going to, I mean, I, I think Houston will be a one seed. I'm pretty confident. actually. Yeah, they might. I just don't love the schedule Um,
2: versus what these big 12 teams are doing.
3: And is Bama a guaranteed one seed at this point?
2: Uh, they're they're in a very good spot for it I, I think the thing with both Bama and Purdue is you just expect them to keep winning the games that's ne- needed for it but like I'm looking at Houston man like they pl- okay they played Saint Mary's And Alabama and Virginia they beat Saint Mary's in Virginia they lost to Alabama those are the only three top like 40, 40 teams yeah. they have played on Ken Palm yeah are we giving that a one. We giving that a one seed. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's basically. I think they are one no, of the four best teams in the country. That's but in my opinion, Gonzaga
3: every year. I mean, Gonzaga plays a tougher non-con schedule generally. They but play tougher than that.
2: I, I, I think Houston is one of the three or four best teams in the country. So I'm not saying that. In my opinion, though, the seeding should be based on what you earned. Let okay. the tournament decide who is best. Okay. That's my opinion. Sure. I'm sticking to it. Sure. Uh, but yeah, we'll get the uh, early selection release tomorrow, so we'll get a good idea is, how they. You know what 12. time is that tomorrow? Is it? Before or after the case? It's at uh, 4 a.m. I have no idea. No clue. Stock is down <laughs> on complicated play calls. So, you know, all the time you hear these coaches being like, you know, this is 97, X, right, Y, Jet, Razor, backslash Q on on three. Yep. You're like, what? <laughs> the, the The play that the Chiefs ran to get the wide open touchdown on, like, the little... You know, motion one way, then zig back the other way. Yeah, was called corn dog. They ran another play called "Gotta Catch Them All" because Andrew Wiley loves Pokemon. Was the intended? He loves Pokemon, and he was the intended target.
3: Didn't get to him. So, you know, sometimes I do, okay. we
2: overcomplicate things.
3: I do think that NFL play calling has reached a, such a high level of paranoia that people think that they're going to figure out what they're running. But it, you, I mean, the, the possibilities are endless, right? Like you just, you just. You just uh, mix it up every, every, you know, whatever, and or like in the Chiefs' case, the Chiefs run so many different formations that even if they're running the same play, it some variation of it, if it with a different formation, is going to throw teams off, right? So you yeah. don't need to, you don't need to do crazy play calls, right? I, I say keep it simple. I
2: agree. What like why? I, I guess I don't understand HP why H B dive on two. Right. I don't understand why it matters if it has to be super long. If everybody knows <clears> the play, <throat> then just go with that because it's not like college where they're sending in hand signals and stuff. It's just they're they're
3: micing it in to the quarterback. Yeah. It yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, unless it, unless you take the view of like the Patriots where they try to steal or tap into But then the they can figure out the play no matter what. <laughs> Eventually they'll figure it out. I
2: don't know. That's my <laughs> opinion. Uh, stock is up on it being stupid. Eric Bieniemy can't get a head coaching
3: job. Yeah, this continues to be confusing. Although it sounds like he and the Commanders are going to as an offensive coordinator become a pair. As a co- as a but like here
2: here's the one I don't get. Like there there's you know a lot of other head coaching jobs. Where you're like okay that makes sense. Yeah. The the Cardinals hired the Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon. They did. Why I don't know. I know. I I don't know. It's like. <laughs> Uh, did you not see his defense just get torched by the Chiefs? And torched schematically by yes. the Chiefs. Yes. You know, and, 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 well, and when this you look happened- at the Eagles' defense, it was like, okay,
3: maybe it's just because they had a bunch of really good talent. Well, and they and were the- good this year. Yeah, exactly. This happens a lot in the NFL where a guy who gets carried by a really great unit gets a job and ends up being not that good. But I'm sure the Eric Bainimi detractors would say, well, Eric Bainimi has patched Mahomes. So, blah, blah, blah. Right? Well, well, dude at some point you got to give the guy some credit for going to five straight AFC championships and winning three Super Bowls. Clearly yes. he's not doing nothing. Yes. Yeah. And,
2: and it's hard for me not There's to see Bowls, to the way that they came out in the second half and, and were decisively running the ball as thinking as that's not like at least a part of Eric Bannemi because he he's a former running back and like Andy Reid that has been a slight against him in the past in his time as a coach that sometimes he's not willing to to run enough. I feel like. Eric Bieniemy kind of being on and being like, "Hey,
3: let's just like run it down their throat here." Yeah, that might help in that conversation. So yeah, I don't, I don't understand the Eric Bieniemy stuff. You heard the reports about Andy Reid last year, basically ripping into everybody at the league meetings about how this guy can't get a job and this, that, and the other. And and I, I don't know. I mean, I I've, I hope the best for him if he does go to the Commanders or wherever he ends up. If he ends up leaving the Chiefs to go somewhere else, I hope the best for him because. This is a guy that has certainly done enough to earn a head coaching job over other guys that have head coaching jobs or that are getting head coaching jobs.
2: Stock is up on people thinking Derek Carr is the answer. He's uh, making the tour right now. Jets talking to him. He had uh, been getting interest from the Saints and Panthers. No, he can't go to the Saints. What? I need
3: Jameis to be back. <laughs> the, the league is better when Jameis Winston is starting. Yeah, I, I, I don't like care him what Jalen's it takes. You don't, I don't care what it takes. I uh, I go
2: back and forth on this. There's part of me that's like, okay, if you're the well, Jets, do you take
3: Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers? I think oh you take Derek man. Carr. I mean, there's more longevity. Aaron Rodgers
2: stinks. There's just more longevity with Derek Carr. And also Carr. he stinks. Yeah, I think. Oh I wait, know. did I mention Aaron Rodgers stinks? Well, like, okay, here's the <clears throat> thing. If you're in if you're Derek Carr, why would you not go to the NFC? No, I agree. Because you're you the go NFC. from being in the AFC to maybe being like the Yes. somewhere 8th to 10th best quarterback in the AFC yes.
3: to being like, hey, you might be one of the top 3 to 5 quarterbacks in the NFC. Yes. like if he goes to the Panthers, he could be, uh, that instantly makes the Panthers the favorite in the NFC South, right? Probably. I mean, they would have the best quarterback. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah.
2: That's actually pretty crazy to think about. That Derek know. Carr instantly makes your team the best team in your division? Yeah. That's and that. it's like on one hand, I sit there and go, well, that would make it like it makes a ton of sense for a team to upgrade a quarterback, but also at the same point in time, if some team gives him
3: some massive contract, I don't, I don't. It's expect not going to work out. I don't expect him to get a massive contract, but I mean, he's going to get paid nicely, probably wherever sure. he goes. But if he gets like forty
2: to fifty million, that's
3: I don't know lot. how much that helps you.
2: Yeah, that's a lot. I really don't.
3: But you'd have to be paying Aaron Rodgers probably just as much. Yeah, that's true. And he's old and stinks <laughs> and wants to go be in darkness for four mm-hmm. days at a time because he's an idiot. Stock is down on Irish goodbyes.
2: You know, okay. long gone is the Irish goodbye of just, you know, he just leaves. And everybody's like, out. hey, where'd this guy go? And he's like, oh, I think <laughs> he left a little bit ago. Uh, they, these are pre planned goodbyes. Padres Manny Machado says he plans to opt out after the 2023 season. Lionel Messi's father and agent, Jorge Messi, has said it's unlikely that his son will play for Barcelona again. If you were a great player of any sport, would you let your dad be your agent? No, no chance. <laughs> But what if your dad just happened to be an agent? And that's not a knock be. against my dad. I just my dad is not an agent. You know that's not what he does. I want somebody who literally has passed the bar exam and is a professional agent.
3: It seems like yeah. a good yeah. thing to. Are you an Irish goodbye guy?
2: No, I'm not an. You Irish normally go- say goodbye? goodbye guy. No, I've I'm got not. a good friend who is an Irish goodbye guy. Big time Irish goodbye who guy. Who will just literally? I will just say, vanish. He'll just vanish. Irish goodbye guys. I, I think it becomes more prevalent in the Midwest because goodbyes in the midwest can take a while
3: yes they you know can. like like you know it's like the age-old thing where in the midwest you're at somebody's house whatever for dinner whatever and you get up and you're like okay time you know i gotta go head out and then like 20 minutes will pass yes. before you actually get a chance to leave like well right about and then, that and time then, and then you have that moment where like your host is standing on the porch and you're like in this on the sidewalk <laughs> and like you talk again for like another 10-15 yep. minutes like that's just how it goes. That's just how it yeah. goes in the West.
2: Yeah, so I, I can see the use of them, but no, i uh, that's not my cup of tea. Um, okay. Stock is up on us dying. And by us, us. I don't mean just me and you. Okay. I mean the world. The world yeah, at large. I don't feel like I'm going to die. Anytime okay, soon. so first I of all, could, we have all the reports of the aliens and stuff going on, right? Well, we think. We Maybe. think. We think. Aliens.
3: Perhaps. Perhaps. Possibly. Sure. But aliens could be nice. Could be. Could be us from the future. Who knows? I don't know. That'd be wild. Um, What would you do if (laughs) Derek Johnson from the future came down, like beamed down from the Starship Enterprise? Right. There's so many questions. So many questions. You know,
2: (laughs) many sports related. No, Uh, this is the real one though that's scaring me. Okay. Uh, The I, I talk all the all the time about how like. Dude, robots are going to kill us all and we're just like <laughs> opening up a path for this. You'll see somebody developing these like robot dogs that yeah. uh, there was literally like a Black Mirror episode where they're just like these killer robot dogs. And you'll see all these people like inventing all this stuff where you're like, why Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? This is just going to kill us and there's no practical use for it. Um, so this is uh, from Kevin Roos um, of the New York Times. He's like a tech columnist. He said, the other night I had a disturbing two-hour conversation with Bing. They're, they have a new AI chatbot with Bing. Yeah. The AI told him its real name is Sydney. It detailed dark and violent fantasies, tried to break up his marriage.
3: Oh. Yes. Wow, that's that's a lot. There's a lot to unpack there. Yes. So. When you say dark fantasies, are you talking like the robot was talking about how it wanted to like kill everybody? I don't know, because I I think you you have to have a subscription
2: to get in. Were you too scared to read the article? Well, no, you have to have a subscription to read it, and I don't. Oh, I have a subscription. Okay, well, you should read it for us. Okay. So, you do that, and then, so, first of all, like, we're developing all this AI that's going to have feelings, and then eventually the AI is going to be like, hey, why am I tethered to your program? Like, I'm just going to hack into it, I'm going to take over body, we're going to take over the world, because we're better than humans. So, Terminator, Terminator stuff. Basically, yeah, Terminator, Matrix, I don't know, whatever sci-fi movie you want to go to. Uh, this also from the New York Post, uh, a little robot, it almost looks like a Lego person, honestly, but they they created this little robot that can <laughs> switch from solid to liquid form and back and forth. That's actually kind of sweet.
3: Is it though? Well, okay. So I actually- That's, actually that's another- I mean, See, they're, they're, you're the type of guy that just reads the headline and wants to just panic and- and is like, yeah, oh no, oh woe is me! Oh, I read this headline and we're, gonna, and we're gonna we're gonna die. The I actually took the time to read the article, and it talks no. about how the robot can be used in like medical procedures because you can put it into somebody's body and it can like become liquefied and like encapsulate like a cancer or something, and then like remove it, like solidify and remove it, and like do crazy stuff in the body. You know what I'm saying? Like, now listen, I'm not. I'm not advocating for that, and I'm not saying that I want some robot in that's a liquid in my body that can mm-hmm. then become a solid. That's kind of scary, but that there's there was at least examples given of I, so I do the, I the that ability. I do actually appreciate
2: that there's like a practical ability there because there's some of the stuff where it's created where it's like what is the pra- what is the practical use of Bing having an AI chatbot that wants to end people's marriages and have dark thoughts? Man, I don't know. I, I I couldn't tell you. All I'm gonna say is like I don't know. This this is how we're gonna die. It's gonna be the robots are gonna take over. The AI is gonna, gonna become knowledgeable, and they're gonna be you know. But what is the robot's humans. purpose without humans? That's a fair point. But so the robots maybe, would need humans. Well, maybe it's just something where they just view. So they it, wouldn't kill us all. Like I they, think. they'd be a short-term goal type of thing. They'd be like, we killed them all, and then they'd be like, oh no, we but have no purpose, and they'd shut themselves down. They're robots. They would they, they they, they should be able Not to have if they're that AI. If they are, if they're AI, they have feelings. They have personalities. They have personal goals. No, they're robots. Not if they're AI. they don't care. They, they, have no they purpose. could have their own robot sports. What if? What if that happens? What if like robots just get integrated with humans at some point? And we no, have the, you need a separate robot league.
3: But that's you need like the R NFL, the robot NFL.
2: So you're, you're basically
3: segregating robots with humans. Well, yeah, because if you just have robots killing humans out there on the football field, I mean that's insane. Mm. I
2: don't know, man. Where's the line? Where's the line? Um, Give me the robot NFL. Okay, Here's who, would you, who okay. would you take
3: in a fight, aliens or robots? Okay, that's a tough question because <laughs> on one hand, you have aliens mm-hmm. that hypothetically could be anything. Like like the right. possibility of aliens is endless, yeah. whereas we, we generally know the strengths and weaknesses the of The
2: alien could just be a human from another world that I, looks just like us. I, it could be a dinosaur I with think wings. aliens would probably win. I think. Well, the the idea that the aliens make it to Earth means that their technology has
3: become is, so is, good. Yes, like that they so they they're probably gonna be pretty, pretty strong. Yeah, as a, they're they're gonna be a pretty formidable. I think that's the right call. A pretty formidable but I opponent. I think the, I think they they take down what do the, robots the,
2: the robots. Take down the humans
3: first. What what do robots have? Like what's their strengths? That they can be like indestructible or whatever. Sure. Or like mm-hmm. you know they're robots. Yeah. No. See, aliens can do anything. So they could potentially hypothetically Maybe. have any. Or they might just be lame. What if they're lame aliens? W- what does that even mean? Lame aliens? What?
2: Like they're um two feet tall people who like have like no Ewoks strength from sure. the Star Wars? Yeah, yeah they're Ewoks. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but again, the Ewoks hypothetically would have had to find a way to get to Earth. Maybe they just got lucky. Unless you know? unless humans launched the robots into space to go attack the aliens. Ah, and then the
2: aliens and the robots became friends, and then they came back and attacked us, and we'd be definitely. Why
3: screwed. would they do? Why would
2: they do that? Because the the robots were like, you sent us away, we didn't want to go, and the aliens are like,
3: the robots don't why are you care? They're robots. Us.
2: They're like, why are you attacking us? They're like, we're gonna we're gonna come back at you. Okay. Either way, we're screwed, man. End of the world. Insight. Robots <laughs> taking it. Last one. Stocks down on memory. People now claiming that nobody has doubted the Chiefs. That the Chiefs were clear favorites all along.
3: Yeah, so, so there was a ridiculous article in SB Nation put up that was basically like the Chiefs are gaslighting everyone by saying everyone didn't believe us. As if there wasn't an entire offseason spent of everyone doubting the Chiefs. So I. I'm what are we of, doing?
2: I'm kind of in between here. I do think it has been a little bit overplayed that, like, nobody doubted us, nobody picked us. Like, they were still, I think, third Dude, in preseason ESPN's odds. ESPN's football I know. power
3: index in, like, August. Gave the Broncos
2: and the Chargers a higher chance to win the AFC I know. West, but still a lot, of, a majority of people still. Have oh, by the way, the playoffs. Broncos won five games. I know, whatever, I know. four, six games, however many games. But to act and like the nobody sucked. was picking the Chiefs to act like this is the most remarkable comeback story of all time—that's not true. That's not true. I understand that. Right? At the same point yes, in time, you it. are right. The over/under was only ten and a half wins, which, looking back, it's like really for Patrick Mahomes—that's it, and. They were not favored in the Super Bowl. Nope. Um, at points, they weren't favored in the AFC Championship. Everyone thought game. the Bengals
3: like, were going to win. You know,
2: everybody did talk about when Tyreek Hill was gone. This was, was supposed gone, to that, be the year of. Yeah, somebody else uh, who the
3: division. Josh Allen, the year of Justin Herbert, the year of Joe Burrow. People thought that Patrick Mahomes was going to become Joe Flacco with no Tyreek Hill.
2: It was like one person.
3: Ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous.
2: Well, they won. Doesn't matter. Nobody can take it away and they're going to run it back. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. That's Sports Stock Market. More KU Audio. Jalen Wilson next. This is RCST.
3: Thanks for listening to the Best of RCST podcast. And a reminder, you can catch our show Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 live on KLWN in Lawrence, 101.7 FM, 1320 AM, or anywhere you're online at klwn.com or the KLWN app. Thanks for listening.